0: Welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel Podcast. It's the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic, Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. Mm hmm. Nearly finished Revelation. Yeah.
1: Book. Yeah. I mean, we've nearly finished our series on it. Yeah. We've, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever finish understanding it.
0: You think you might read it again?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I'll probably read it again. Okay. You know, I, I think it's a keeper. Yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> no, I feel like I, I'm studying it and digging into it. I am I have so many more questions now about it. Yeah. And I understand, I understand it enough to not be totally freaked out by it
0: we studied Maybe. it at, at IME so IME was this um I don't even know what it stood for but it was this uh kind of masters degree you had to do in your curacy uh, in yeah. England uh so once you've been ordained you had to do this extra degree and in the morning yeah. uh, we would we were studying revelation and it was so utterly confusing huh um because the people in the room had such different views. So with these weren't like the between mm-hmm. the four views of eschatology. They were views about like, is God real? And <laughs> one dude said the river of life flows out of the city and therefore uh basically the people in hell can just drink what's left of the river and live forever quite happily. And that like hell is kind of like a, a pretty like a second class heaven
1: was his view. Okay. Yeah. Well that's that's definitely doing something with Te- with the text yeah um imposing your own i don't meaning. read it that way well i don't think any <laughs> any rational person i don't think you can really read it that way unless unless you're just like substitute all external reality for your own thoughts that's um, exactly what happened yeah that's crazy yeah there's yeah. just some wacko stuff that happens in seminaries today and really has been happening um but it's if you really uh, yeah i
0: and that I, wasn't my seminary. This was this oh, really? forced kind of study at the diocese that had completely
1: lost its way.
0: Oh, that sounds like
1: a disaster.
0: Oh, it was it was miserable. I mean, we were me- meditating on onions and dogs and pretending that we were talking to Buddhist soulmates in mirrors and doing if you Native American rain dances. You all didn't sorts.
1: believe in God. Why would you become a
0: pastor? The money. Wh-
1: what? What? There's no the money, money in it.
0: Well, it's not the money then, is it? No, it's, it must be the
1: housing. But the. Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't, it's a mystery to me. Uh, I, I like. I really struggle with this. Like it. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love the church, mm-hmm. but I don't really like churchiness that much. No, it wasn't and the comfortable seating, was it, that drew like, people in? Like, why would you? Why would you do like make church, like churchiness, your life if I, you don't believe in God? If I you don't think they think... were
0: very civically minded people, very social minded people who who wanted to help people.
1: But there's better ways of doing that than yeah, joining yeah, a dying uh, yeah. denomination.
0: I'm not sure what huh. the motivation was, but I would say that they yeah. were at least um, sincere. They were trying to be kind, but but yeah. sc- Scripture was plainly
1: um, of no use to them. Do you think that some of these people get into, they go to seminary with with a vibrant faith and it just kind of gets hollowed out over time? And then they're like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, I'm just sort of stuck here. And so I guess I'll be a minister.
0: Maybe. Um, There's really different flavors of seminary, I think. There are some places or or certain times in places that are really vibrant. I mean, one lady was in our seminary, the the real one, um, because it was local. She was, she had a house nearby, so she came to this one. She yeah. was not from the charismatic evangelical tradition whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and in the middle of the church, in the middle of a chapel service, she um, was delivered from a demon that had possessed her. She, she fell over with a blood-curdling scream and was delivered, and and afterwards gave her life to uh-huh. Christ. And she was like six months out from being ordained. She was on the ordination track. Whoa. Um yeah, so she was, and it was really just, you know, the, the the sovereign blessing of God that she was there and not in the seminary that would have been more from her church tradition.
1: She was on the ordination track. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was extraordinary, yeah. uh, really wild, and yeah. you know, from her own testimony of the thing, her own, you know, in the weeks afterwards, you know, she talked about conversion. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, she, but you know, we, you, you made that little remark the other day, I think, about, um, I don't know who it was. Who was the
1: minister? Abraham Kuyper. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's definitely the case. Like he was, he showed up into the pastorate and was really not a follower of Jesus. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was the same way. He went to theological school Mm. and he became, I mean, arguably he became a Christian while he was over. Uh, teaching in the United States at Union Seminary that's and really he would that's attend this Black Baptist Church in New York City oh really and like he was so profoundly impacted by that was. that he you know there was a and he was never the same after that you know all the all the things that we know Bonhoeffer yeah. for like standing up to the Confessing Church and uh, operating these all seminaries all came after that it all came after that
0: so but, did um, the Bishop of Pittsburgh actually um I think it was Alden Hathaway. So going back now about thirty years, maybe yeah. maybe more, forty, uh, became a Christian in the pulpit during his own sermon, <laughs> <laughs> and he was converted by his own sermon, oh, uh, which is just so cool. And and he told me the story yeah, so cool. uh, himself, and you know, plainly had a lively faith. But there's loads of people like that, yeah, that, that, you know, throughout history. Which is kind of interesting is that we don't necessarily have this ability to just say, as we look around the church right now, oh, look, this is all the saved people. So, you know, someone said, you know, why why are you always preaching the gospel? There's a number of reasons, but, uh, I mean, it's not a sermon unless you preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. But one has to assume that really the best place to convert people is within the pews on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Because these are people who've come really hungry for something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've really, for me, getting back into ministry, I found that a lot of it was that... um, I would. I had sort of. I had sort of decided that I was going to leave, and um, <laughs> I, one Sunday I was just like so hungry. To we weren't able to get to church this Sunday, uh, this particular Sunday, and so before I was at Christ Church, uh, we were going to Seth Zimmerman's church in North Burroughs. Uh, yeah. and we couldn't come. But I just, I just wanted to go hear like a sermon mm. and take communion. Mm. I just like was desperate for it. Right. Not because I thought like, this is a self-improvement program. Yeah. I just needed to receive Christ. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's why we do this. That's the reason why. Like you just, yeah. it The, the regular preaching of the word week right. after week, after week, after week, after week, it does stuff to you. like you.
0: And God, I came around God and does does like, you. and I said, you know, would you like to work here? And you said, well, I'm all, I'm all broken. Cause like you'd, you, you were literally yeah. physically broken, right? Your arm,
1: yeah, I was in a sling, I think. Yeah. My house was just a dump. You came and sat in my house and we we're just
0: And you you were all busted up and, and you said I'm I'm all busted up and I said, That's that's great. When can you start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was basically like, like that. It's perfect. Yeah.
1: Like uh yeah, he's a um enough of a enough of a broken wreck then um yeah, we have to be at our God likes to use us when we're at our low points.
0: Well, there's a smugness that I think you can get into. When you're when you're leading in a church as well, I know it all. Um, and that um, Wayne Grudem actually, who who wrote Systematic Theology, counsels against this at the beginning of his book. He said, "This is a really great book. There's a lot of basically you've, you can you can win most arguments at dinner parties with this book, but if that's what you use it for, you use it to show off. Yeah, uh, like this. That's just death. That's not the purpose of this book to show off what you know.
1: Yeah, pride. Um, and uh, we. We have to mm. a lot of times we don't realize that we're proud, but God no. has to God has to sometimes do surgery and break us um in order to do that and and that's how conversion happens, and that's how yeah. gospel renewal happens and um that's what we're seeing here, right so what we're seeing right here is this this revelation, this revealing
0: this this opening of a door to a vision in heaven. I think most of us listening to this podcast and, and reading the book. In uh, this fall, I've uh, been learning a lot about Revelation, you know, including me and you. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think a humble attitude to a book like this is a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then see what God wants to show you. Because, plainly, what we've seen from this book is that there's a lot of really clear imagery about the death and resurrection of Christ on your behalf. Mm. Really, some of the most powerful expositions of, of the gospel. through the presence of God and the washing of
1: robes, the washing in blood, being crowned, the waving of victory palms. You know, I I almost feel like the preaching in this series has been more effective for just kind of helping aid the public reading of the scripture. Like mm, that's the, interesting. I, I think that the this is one of those books where the public reading of scripture does most of the heavy lifting, mm. and the preaching just sort of like removes the stumbling blocks so that we can all listen to the scripture together. Sometimes in the scriptures, it's it's not exactly like that. Like you, right. you have to give almost like a, um, mm-hmm. you have to really show how it relates to the gospel. But with Revelation, it's like it's right there. It's it's like maybe the benefit of it is that the book is
0: a little intimidating and so we've 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 approached it more humbly with fewer presuppositions than normal maybe there's something like that going on
1: i had a lot of presuppositions before i started this Hmm. series um and uh, yeah i think a lot of things have been kind of knocked down a little bit yeah um so so last week
0: you were looking at uh revelation 20 and 21 and 21 and 22 sorry and um and you've Drawn a distinction which you've done several times between yeah. what John hears and John sees, that's interesting to me. And you you majored on what he heard, and, and now we're talking about what he saw. So, what's your thinking there about
1: um, this uh, I heard and I saw? What, yeah, I mean, it's it's a big thing, and um, we see it at the beginning of Revelation, we see it in chapter five, we mm. see it, um. In later in chapter seven, where John C hears uh, the hundred forty four thousand, and then he looks and he sees every multitude, mm-hmm. like a whole multitude. It seems like the the vision that what he sees is almost more rich, but the what he hears kind of um, really gives us a, a particular. It, it, mm. it changes our perspective on it. So that's interesting. Um, I, I don't know. You know, there is no commentators that have broken the whole thing down this way but it's 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 a definite literary device that he mm. uses and That's, it was a it helped me to kind of yeah. think about what this is like because and, and you think it's just a literary device
0: or is there could there be more i, I know um talking to nurses they mm. say that when someone's dying the the last sense to go is hearing so I their eyes know. will be closed um but they'll still be listening and and um coma nurses talk about this as well Uh, how how often someone who's emerging from a coma is able to hear
1: yeah but before they see. well faith comes by hearing right um and hearing by the word of god right and but also there's an element of taste and see that the lord is good Mm. so we have these different sense uh, we have these different senses and um and i think that actually i think this is one of the big advantages of revelation is that it helps us to see what we've been hearing through the rest of Scripture. Yeah. Uh, so, the yesterday, um, I actually really struggled with that sermon because it it's it's so much propositional content, right? Um, what do you he, mean by that? It's it's like I'm it's promises. Like I'm going so, to mm-hmm. do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make all things new. Oh. I'm going to okay. dwell with you. Right. I'm going to uh, heal you. I'm gonna. Um, restore the world, and I'm going to satisfy you. I'm going to adopt you. All this, like these things, but we don't. At least when I hear that, I don't. I don't feel it necessarily, um, quite the okay. same extent. Yeah, so yeah. I, I found as I was preaching this, like I was, I was wanting to illustrate each of these mm. points. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, and, just, and how do you illustrate? Being satisfied or adopted, or like I'm preaching it. I'm preaching the rest of it this Sunday. Yeah. On what John sees, I bet you anything there will be almost no illustrations because it's all an illustration.
0: Like right. Right. The whole but thing I mean, is it's like, like it's like uh, when when Jesus tells a parable and you like you know the parable of the mustard seed and then you like imagine like, a really small
1: thing. Imagine uh, <laughs> yeah. an atom. Imagine you know like yeah okay yeah all right mustard like, seed maybe sometimes we would, yeah sometimes less is more in, yeah i'm looking in the for preaching. this
0: really great metaphor for something small and insignificant that grows quickly and becomes really important oh, i don't know i don't know i can't you know
1: we'd almost do better to like preach like a 10 minute sermon on a passage like that and then sit in silence for 10 minutes <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> just it. like just think about it um but like you know yeah the vision yeah it is actually an we'll interesting for about half an hour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For time, times, and have a time.
0: Um, All right. 21.1. Then I saw. Yeah, we should heaven. actually get
1: in the text here. It's a good idea. Well, you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth,
1: for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Okay, can I, one thing I noticed in this, um, go back to chapter 20, verse 11. Okay. Then I saw a great white throne, this is the moment of judgment, Uh and he was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. Mm. So when it says the first heaven and the first earth passed away, Mm. they ran away from the judgment of God. That's what happened. The actual planets, the celestial bodies did. I don't know. I don't know what this means exactly. Okay. Uh, but there's a creation this, fled. There's this sense of the the um, the world as it is fled from the judgment of God. Yeah. Um, and, and what's what's so fun is you know right
0: now me and you we're preparing our series on Hebrews yeah. for um, <laughs> for the for for May and um, and that seems a bit crazy, but uh, Hebrews talks about the, the 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 boldly approaching the throne of grace with confidence. Mm. Through the propitiating blood of the Lamb, and and so you've got this really interesting juxtaposition of this idea of the throne being a place of terror and judgment, and and so so much so that even mm. um, the earth flees, and the throne being a place of grace that you would skip towards with your eyes wide mm. yeah, open, it's... sort of munching an apple as you go, <laughs> sort of listening to rock set on your Walkman and just mm-hmm. having a good old day, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. That is that is a you staggering do, you thing. You do those things? Uh, on the Walkman? Yeah. I did have a Walkman. <laughs> yeah, did you? Like 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I had a Walkman. I don't think the youngest generation even knows what a Walkman is. No? No. They no, have really didn't. uncomfortable headphones that, like, insert it into your ears, you know? Horrible. What, no, because it's, it's so
0: bifurcated. They either have massive headphones like uh-huh. the lids of trash cans or these tiny the
1: like ones. things that they burrow into their ear holes. And then, and then also like you have the the wire that you're always, like if you're running
0: with the, wire- it, you know, you're. I saw just- this hilarious thing for um, the AirPods, you know, the, the wireless AirPods. Yeah. And it was a wireless AirPod um, lanyard that you could oh attach to them. And it was a string that you could tie to your oh my wireless headphones. Oh. I was like, we have reached a new low. Next they're going to sell special scissors to cut the string,
1: aren't they? Like, it's mm-hmm. just going to be just ridiculous. Oh, it's, that is really sad. And then it'll connect to your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, more
0: annoyingly, it will connect to your car. Your kid will get in your car and play their music uh, in your car, which is outrageous. The outrageous. cars are for listening to Vaughan Williams and Pink Floyd. They're not for listening to...
1: This nonsense. Yeah, the kids—they did that on the way back from the youth trip. They they hijacked the Bluetooth. It was delightful. It was country music all the way. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, actually, it was country music. That's nice. You have to have no Scugan in your youth group. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. And we had Freebird multiple times. It was great, actually.
0: That's Anyways, cool. So um, I saw a Great White Throne, him and his seed, on throne. it. So, uh, Sky the s- and Earth
1: flees. The sea is no more. The yeah, place of
0: chaos is no more. The place of untrammeled uncertainty where, where yeah. beasts kind of reside and they emerge from. Yeah. Uh, it's the spawning point of evil.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I like that. Thanks. And Video I, game words. And I saw, I wasn't thinking of that in terms of spawning, but yeah, that's. I like that. Uh, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Mm. So the New Jerusalem comes from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who's the husband? God, Jesus Christ. Yeah, where
0: are you? What verse are you in?
1: Uh, verse 2. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So that's what he sees at first. Yeah. And the, and it's pretty... And then and then uh, we talk about... And he goes into like what he hears... Mm. Um, and we we dealt with that last time um, and then he goes into starting in verse 9 we get a little bit more of an in-depth look at, at this Yeah, it's almost like 9 through the end of the chapter expands on what he saw in verse 1 and 2
0: this is a bit you skipped over at the weekend and that we skipped over last week on the podcast then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls for the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying come I will show you the bride and the wife of the Lamb and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God,
1: having the glory of God yeah so okay this is a this is expanding on what he just said right I saw the holy city of New mm. Jerusalem coming down yeah. out of heaven from God right and we're going to get a description of this
0: so the Jerusalem is the bride, right yeah and the and the bride is the church yeah uh, exactly so we're having a, a very elaborate description of of the church another facet another vision of of, of the church the bride of Christ the city yeah. and it's it's covered and decked out in jewels um, we're gonna see like the ones we've seen around the throne much much earlier in the letter yeah. okay yeah yeah because it's got that in verse 11 the glory
1: of God and its radiance having the glory of God its radiance like a most rare jewel like a jasper clear as crystal it had a great high wall I'm just gonna keep reading Is that all right um mm-hmm. uh, with twelve gates, at the twelve at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. Mm. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. I'm seeing a lot of number twelve.
0: Yes, and uh, you've got four, which is symbol of globality. Yeah. And and three, a symbol of um goodness, I think. Where's the three? Oh, the three gates.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah three on each side. Yeah, yeah. Because three times three. four is twelve. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know any math, then revelation's gonna be tough, I think, for you.
0: Especially <laughs> the symbol stuff. So um <laughs> and if you don't know any Bible, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. Uh, so we've got the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, haven't we? Yeah. Um and uh do we have, we have the twelve tribes as well? Is that is that
1: did you mention that? Mm-hmm. The twelve uh the names the tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed on the gates. It's so kind of similar
0: to that vision we had earlier with the hearing seeing dichotomy. You've yeah. got the twelve tribes of Israel and you have the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Yeah. So this is both Israel and the Christian
1: church. Yeah. Uh, so Lamb Gray, my um one of one of our uh youth ministers mm-hmm had a really interesting observation. She just taught on this passage um, last night at youth group, and she noted uh, something I had not seen before, which is 12 in Revelation always seems to be this number of completeness, mm-hmm. especially referring to the relationship between God and humanity.
0: There's a special link.
1: Yeah, like it, 12, 12 tribes of Israel, that's the people God chose. Right. Um, 12 apostles of the Lamb, God and people hmm. again uh, yeah it's just a, it's interesting interesting a, thought these are human offices or mm-hmm.
0: manifestations of god's ordering yeah something like that yeah um the 12 drives the 12 apostles yeah and they're together a 12 out of 12
1: complete complete i haven't done like a deep dive to like confirm or, or deny it but it's a really interesting theory um i, I think she may be right but uh, Well, she's certainly right here, isn't yeah. she? That's mm-hmm. a really, really interesting
0: observation she's made. It's quite brilliant. And um, the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold, which seems like a perfect measuring rod to measure okay. the city and its gates and its walls. And so now yeah. we're into the dimensions of the city, which themselves seem to be
1: very precise. It The city lies four square, um, means it's a square. Right, Its length, the same as its width. He measured the the city with its rod, twelve thousand stadia. Um, that's almost as long as the United States. I think it's like well, I can tell you seventeen miles. Uh,
0: yeah, well, how many zeros are there? One, two, three. It's 1.904 400 square miles. Uh, it's nearly two million square miles.
1: How much is the United States?
0: Oh, it's way bigger than that. Um but it's it's very, very close to the, the square miles, uh total square miles of Turkmenistan, actually.
1: Turkmenistan.
0: <laughs> yeah. <very laughs> that doesn't close. help me. That doesn't help me at all. <laughs> oh really? No. What, what? Well I, I can know. tell you this, right? It's it's much bigger than West Virginia. So uh John Denver was wrong in all those country songs you were singing. It's not almost heaven, because West Virginia is only twenty four thousand square miles. And so. this is how many?
1: Uh one so, point nine million. Okay.
0: Uh why does why does Turkmenistan not help you? What's your problem Texas with Texas? Spain is very close to Turkmenistan. Is what would that help? Spain?
1: No, I no, don't no. oh, really? uh, Okay, wait. Texas is two hundred sixty-eight thousand. Yeah, yeah. Square miles. One point seven million. You said? No, no. One point nine. U.S. square. Okay, the U.S. is three point seven nine seven million. What about Alaska? Six hundred sixty-five thousand square miles um okay so about half the as far as square miles go half the size of the united states right right but it's not square miles it's not in square miles it's a cube it's a cube (laughs) so it's as tall at each one of those (sighs) is cubic miles and
0: we would technically have to be a cone i guess if you measure from the center of the earth out into space so it's a much harder sum to do yeah. Because we're a sphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait. So it's going to be very difficult to work out. Certainly live. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Where's, that? Where's that music? Bear with us.
1: <laughs> At this point, the boys realized they had gotten their math
0: terribly wrong, and it didn't matter anyway. No one wins a Mario coin.
1: Earth <laughs> cubic ma- in cubic miles. Oh the volume of earth is 260 billion cubic miles. Okay, so I guess the new heaven is a new but the but this is like the surface this is all inhabitable, right? <laughs> it this could be symbolic, of course. Is yeah, it's sim- I think it's symbolic. Well, let's just keep reading. All right. Um its length and its width and its height are equal. The
0: point being um it's much nicer than Turkmenistan. The point being uh, that it's a perfect shape, right? Its dimensions are perfect in every dimension. And uh, this symbol of perfection, not only perfect, but big because 12,000 is a 12 times a thousand. Yeah. So it's, it's complete in every dimension. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly measured with this gold measure. It's big. Um, it, uh, unlike the sea, which is this place of unmeasured chaos and churning. Yeah. This thing is, is, is kind of pure and, and, and this perfect cube is, is, is beautiful in the way that it's been made. And then he also measured its walls. So now we've got to the thickness of the Mm. walls, which is kind of intriguing. So, you know, I don't know whether the walls are outside or inside of the other measurement, but he measures the width of the walls. It's 144 cubits. I love the ESV translation of this by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. I love that. (laughs) How long is a Bible show? How long is an angel's arm? (laughs) It's the same as a
1: human's arm. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's a great translation, actually. Um, okay, a cubit is uh, 144 cubits is 216 feet. Okay, it, quite it's, thick. It's immaterial because these are symbolic numbers, actually. Right. So we're trying to. This is a ridiculous operation that we're trying to do because clearly, if our Bible said yeah. it's 216 feet, like that, that misses the point of the text. Right, because the 144 is 12. more important. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and also,
0: I know, I'm sure dot 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 will go there. Uh, there's all this exquisite description in the Old Testament about the dimensions of the temple. Yeah. So so the temple is laid out mm-hmm. with all sorts of meticulous,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, particularly square shapes. Yeah. Uh, the, the holiest. The uh, holy of holies yeah. is
1: a square.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so this city is like a temple. And what are temples like? Well, that's where God dwells.
1: It, yeah. So perfect presence it, it is the you can argue that it is the whole the whole city is the holy of holies. The whole city
0: is the holy of holies. There are not um, g- grades of access to God within this place. Um, the yeah. whole thing is the exclusive, raw, untrammeled presence of God in which the people dwell uninterrupted, uh, as high priests. <laughs> so here we are. I think yeah, by the blood of the Lamb, because because of the
1: atoning work of Christ, we're able to
0: enter into this
1: space i think we should just read the rest of the chapter too right. to be able to comment because I, I think i completely agree and it right. reinforces this all right go on then the wall was built of jasper while the city was pure gold like clear glass the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel the first was jasper the second sapphire the third agate the fourth emerald the fifth onyx the sixth carnelian the seventh chrysolite, the eighth barrel the ninth topaz the tenth chrysopris the en- eleventh jacinth the 12th amethyst. I'm sure I got one of those wrong. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each of the gates made of a single pearl. That's a big pearl. Imagine the size of the mollusk for that. Um, And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And I saw no, this here it is, I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the
0: Lamb. You know how we're never going to get accused of plagiarism? I believe in the history of scholarly treatments of uh, Revelation 21, no scholar has ever uttered the words, imagine the size of the mollusk. (laughs) That's a unique thought, I believe. <laughs> like, Imagine the size of the mollusk. You've done very, very well. That's, that's, that's dragged us away from the nonsense about Turkmenistan very effectively. Yeah. So. I just was like, That's the
1: big point here. Giant, this giant mollusk.
0: Which is why the more. Because
1: yeah. it's been swallowed up by the mollusk. By the holy, the, the holy mollusk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of god gives it light and its lamp is the lamb by its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and its gates will never be shut by date by day and there will be no night there so no sea and no night no sea no night a night is always
0: this uh, thing for john uh, light and dark, night and day, two very important dualistic points. Mm-hmm. Like thinking all the way back to um, the prologue to John's Gospel, the darkness has not overcome it. Yeah, and uh, thinking about Nicodemus who comes to see Jesus by night, uh, yeah, and uh, you get that sort of play on words. Okay, is he coming at night time so that he can do so in secret to speak to Jesus and explore the kingdom, or is he is he in the dark, in that way that we would say, "I'm in the dark about that," and he's simply mm-hmm. um, benighted in the mind, yeah, un- until the light erupts into his
1: mind at yeah. the end of John. Well, so we use that. We use that in our language, right? The lights come on. The light bulb. It's a light, bulb like, yeah, a light bulb moment. Yeah, light bulb moment. Yeah, and like it's understanding completeness. So, so
0: there's this banishing of darkness. Um, and we no longer have a need for the sun or the moon. The, the great celestial lights are no longer mm-hmm. needed. Yeah. Because we have the light of God himself. And that's amazing. That is incredible. So this thing is better. This isn't just a return to the Garden of Eden. Yeah. right. That's an important point. It's not just... We're not just going back to the prelapsarian state of man, i.e. Oh, good word. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, uh, thanks. The ability to walk in the garden in the cool of the day uninterrupted by sin... We're going yeah. beyond even that into uh, this, into God Himself.
1: Yeah. Which is remarkable. And uh, Lamb's point at the, um, in the youth group talk was that yeah. you have the city is the, the city of God is the bride. Yes. So God is in the city. He is the temple of the city. Mm-hmm. And the city is in God. So this this in Christ, Christ in you mm-hmm. sort of like point happening. Just There's, as the Son is in the Father and the Father's in the Son. Yeah. So we're we're being taken up into God. Right. Um, I I think that that's it's a bigger thing. We're being we're being brought into God. But it's he's, not just like this small like the, I think this the point of this is mm. depicted it as a city because it's right. it's vast and it's complex and it's full mm. of diversity and individuality and. Mm. Um, and unity, and, and all these kinds of—it's not like everyone just is absorbed into the one or something like that. Oh, like the Borg, the Borg. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek, which was a cube. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. No, it's not just a kind of um, being, sort of homogenized and squished into a into yeah. a type. But, but actually, the, the full glory of God is shining uninterrupted in this place, uninterrupted by sin. And uh, because sin has been dealt with, we're also able to see the thing. Mm. Uh, I mean, the blinding light of God would be yeah, unbearable mm-hmm. were it
1: not for what he's achieved. Mm. It would be mm-hmm. deadly. Yeah, like flying too close to the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but But somehow there's a change of substance of... Mm. And, and a change of holiness um, and glory. The lamp is the lamb. Yeah.
0: do well, you know, I'm the light. I'm the light of the world. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's tying in a lot of different things. Yeah. Um. And uh, it's gates will never be shut by day and there'll be no night there. No sea, which is the place of chaos, no night, which is the place of confusion, the place of sin. Yeah. The place of
1: darkness, the dominion of chicane. Done away with. It's it's interesting that it's like perfectly, it's so geometric and perfectly boundaried, but the boundaries do not exist in order to, for the sake of protection. Like, why are there gates if there's never, if they're never closed? That's an interesting thing. <clears throat> you never close the gates. The gates of the city are always open. This, I love that. Is this a
0: kind of Temple Mount image? Enter his gates with praise, thanksgiving yeah. praise? Is it like a hill liturgy?
1: I think I think they probably exist so that they can so that you can process through them. So they can be open. This is yeah. This is like one of the few times when a processional is truly in order. Yep, there are three
0: occasions, right? Baptism, funeral, and this new
1: heavens and new earth. Yeah, yeah. Those are the three options. Wait, what about a wedding?
0: No, no. You don't, well, I, don't bride. Think, I don't know. I don't know if that, is that a processional? It's not a congregational procession. It's I just a
1: know. bridal procession.
0: I think maybe that's allowed.
1: I mean, it's just culturally what people do. Yeah. And no, that's you, all right. That's fine. <laughs> I'll let you, yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell a bride that she's not allowed to walk down the aisle. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would not go well. Um, anyways, yeah, this is, um, Yeah, maybe the gates are there for processing. I, I think this is good. It's a good enough
0: answer, isn't it? Um, and And they're there to be open. <laughs>
1: That's the point of them, and maybe they're there to remind you that once there was a time mm. when, when gates had to be shut. Yeah, and and that only increases the glory. Mm. Like the the tales of of this of this world, maybe will be told. Um, there,
0: but there is something out there um, that that isn't in there, right? Because it says in verse twenty seven, nothing unclean will ever enter it not anyone who does what is detestable or false but only those who are written in the lamb's book of life so there's just the tiniest hint there of another place
1: yeah i mean there there is no it could be also yeah i mean I, I, cast away in outer darkness where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth I, I definitely think there's a lake of fire we've um, had that already but there's not really anything i mean everyone is accounted for at the end, right? Mm-hmm. You're either in the lake, it's either the lake of fire or there's the new Jerusalem, which is the book of life. There's no hinterlands where like somebody's like camping out like,
0: Oh, which, which was, which was of course the ridiculous nature of that guy's remark all the way back at my uh, yeah. IME course when he sees this river totally. flowing. He's like, Oh, well I'll just live near the city. Now, you, you know, can't. I'll take up uh, a place in kind of Penn Hills. Yeah. Yeah. No, you that. can't,
1: you can't do that. It doesn't, no, it's exist. not it's not
0: offered as that that's not offered as an option is it. So they'll bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations in verse 26 which is another interesting thing. Mm. Um is this a hint that some of the stuff that we've done here and now does have eternal value?
1: Is is that I think so. Is that the hint? I think I think that some yeah, I mean I don't
0: know if that's the actual point.
1: Yeah, I need to look at that.
0: No, I would. Need, I need to look at it as well, but um,
1: I want to believe that. Yeah, I think I feel like it could be it. The glory and honor of the nations. I mean, I, I don't know oh. how it could not.
0: Uh, Tyndale says, uh, "John has described a city so wonderful, it's hard to see what the glory and honor of the nations could bring into it." Hmm. He probably means not that the nations add to its splendor, but that they render their their homage, uh, homage. Uh, some things cannot enter the city. Nothing impure is allowed in. So he thinks it's their praise that they're bringing in.
1: I, I, yeah. Who knows? Um, I need to think on that some more. But yeah, my gut wants to think that the goodness that happens here on here in this age, mm. will only will we'll only bring more glory to the next age. You'd think so. You'd think so. Those acts of
0: kindness that have been
1: unseen, um,
0: conversions of people sharing the gospel. All the tales and... All, all the little things that you think like, you know, like little things that you just think no one's going to notice.
1: Yeah. That
0: mm-hmm. you did. And you're like, well, I'm just going to do that because I'm motivated by God to do that thing. Okay. And no one will ever know.
1: Yeah, I don't know if, it, like, like a celebratory banquet, right? Like at mm. the end of a, I don't know, for a team at the end of the season, or yeah. a school for the end of the year. Like, you you recall stories from the year that were notable and glorious, and provided they bring glory to God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think God is so magnificent and diverse and and full of complexity that yeah. A lot more things are able. A lot more things bring glory to him than we can probably even begin to understand. I guess this is how podcasts end now.
0: What this lot? Oh yeah, no. It's the musical equivalent of a
1: kind of a hook coming from stage left around the neck uh-huh. and just dragging two blokes off. Like you just just end it. Be done. <laughs> Thank you, everyone.
0: Well, this has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you all very soon. And of course, thanks for stopping by. Stay classy. Thanks for stopping by. But stay classy.